We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number 19. I am Amy Gayhart, and I am joined by my home slice, Johnny G. Ooh, Amy G, it's been a tiring week. Yeah. It's been a very busy week for both of us, but like separately, you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing, and we come together and are tired together. And see if we can make it till 8.30. Last night, I didn't make it till 8.30, I don't think. He was out. And we're recording on a Sunday morning, and it's because it's just been a busy week. Yeah, it's busy a busy weekend. season, but it's all good. And this morning was going to be a morning of rest. Mm. We How'd that gonna, work out for we, you? <laughs> we were going to sleep a little bit, but Mabry had other ideas. She decided we should get up at 4 a.m. Which, giving her credit, she hasn't done that in a while. She hasn't. She's been doing great. So, I mean, I can say that because I'm not the one that got up with her at 4 a.m. I got up with her at 4 a.m., but you got up earlier than you needed to because you knew we had been up for a while. Yes. And so here we are on a Sunday morning, maybe both going to doze off at some point. Easy like a Sunday morning. That's for you listeners. (laughs) No extra charge. And it is going to be an action-packed week, and we're about to learn why. Yeah. You're going to tell us why. Yeah. And with that, we're going to learn why this week is going to be busy here in just a minute. But we've got a great episode today. We have an interview with Daniel Stein, who I've just been so interested in ever since I've learned about what he does with Special Strong. So be sure you stick around and listen to the interview with Daniel. Amy and I have our weekly segments first. But before we get to those segments, we've got a shout out for one of our podcast sponsors. Blue Sky Therapeutic Writing and Respite is a therapeutic community for special needs children and adults located in Aubrey, Texas. This Saturday, October 17th, is our seventh annual Horses and Hope. What, what? (laughs) Johnny's excited. It's going to be live streamed on Facebook Live and YouTube Live, so we really would love for you to join us. It's going to be a ton of fun. If you've always heard me talk about Blue Sky and didn't really know what it was exactly I was talking about. This is a great opportunity uh, for you to tune in and learn more about Blue Sky and what we do for our special needs community and help us raise a little money in the process. That is this Saturday, October 17th, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope to see you there. Leave us a comment. Let us know you're watching. All right, Amy G, what's our first segment? See, what had happened was... I I came across an article this week that caught my attention. I don't do anything scary. Nothing scary. I'm not interested. I You won't even watch 
the commercials that come on TV for scary movies. No, I can tell within five seconds of a preview, I can tell if it's a scary movie and I look away. And he'll say, what was the name of that movie? And I'll say, well, did you see? And I'll look over and his eyes are closed. (laughs) Yes, I have to wait until it's completely over before I can even look up. So I do a, a scary movie, a haunted house, a scary story. I, it's not fun to me. There's nothing that's fun about it to me. Even he's a big old scaredy cat. You like the show? What's the show that you like? So Criminal much? Minds. Yes. And he can't. He can't. I, I like that show. I, it's really interesting. But you won't let me watch it before we go. Not to sleep. before bed. <laughs> Some of those episodes are like super scary, and I only I never stay awake for the end. No, you don't. You don't stay awake for the end of any show. <laughs> and so the beginning of it, it's a, like it's something that is scary happening. I'll, I'll watch it if it's light outside. I came across an article this week that the title was The Creepiest Place to Visit in Every State. So this is where you're saying learning where to stay away from. Learning where to stay away from. And it's baffling to me of why people go to these places. And How, of course, some people like the adrenaline. Oh, my gosh. So it's. All 50 states, uh-huh. uh, one place in each state. And there's a lot of cemeteries. Cemeteries are probably old hospitals. Old hospitals, insane, asy- insane asylums. Insane, what is that word? Insane asylum? Insane, insane asylum. asylum. Yeah, there's those. Uh, just a, a lot of places yeah. like that. But I chose three to read about. Okay. Because... I, I just don't understand what well, people are thinking. Is Texas, is that one you're going to read? No. It's, I wanted to read Texas, but it was just, it was a, like a old mental hospital south of San Antonio. Oh, okay. We don't know It was that. like 40 other ones. You okay, know, there gotcha. were a lot that were like that. Okay. This one is in Iowa hmm. and it's called the Velisca Axe Murder House. Mm-mm. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> here's, here's the, here's the sales pitch. Okay. For a truly one of a kind night away, book at the Velisca Axe Murder House. The aptly named home where eight people were axe murdered in their sleep back in 1912. The case is still unsolved, but the main suspect was a traveling minister who had taught a nearby church, who had taught at a nearby church that night and left town early the next morning. Tours and overnight stays are offered in the very rooms that were the scene of a bloody massacre. You're out. Who is in? (laughs) Who would ever go to that place? Um. Her name is Monica Alvarez. <laughs> you know, is our friend Monica is listening right now. And I didn't she mean, would... like reading that story. And there's a picture of the room. Well, does it have blood on the wall still? Maybe. That's weird. I, I don't mind scary stuff. I don't like like chop them up gory stuff. Like that's not what I'm into. I like like psychological thrillers. Okay. Here's a Louisiana. This is a little bit different. It's a little bit different okay. uh, theme here. The St. Roche or Roche Chapel, the Yellow Fever Shrine. Okay, here we go. In the 19th century, yellow fever swept New Orleans, but Reverend Peter Thevis, or Thevis, the pastor of the Holy Trinity Catholic Church, had a plan. He prayed to St. Roche, who was most identified with good health and healing, asking for members of his parish to be shielded from the disease and promising to build a shrine for the saint in gratitude. While 40,000 New Orleans died, no one in Father Thevis's community perished. 
Today, pilgrims still visit the St. Roche Chapel, leaving offerings around the shrine. Among the artifacts, nothing's been scary yet. I was about to say, this doesn't sound... Wait till you hear the artifacts. Uh Uh-oh. Are they leaving bones? Children's polio braces. Oh. Crutches. Rows of prosthetic legs. (laughs) Plaster feet. False teeth and fake eyeballs. Those are the artifacts that people leave at this place. (laughs) It was a good story until that. It wasn't either. And now the worst of all. Does this in... Involve um, children ghost ghosts um, that are children. Have you ever heard of a story with the word? Have you ever heard of Lizzie Borden? Yeah, I've never heard of Lizzie Borden. Oh, good gosh, John Gayhart. But, Lizzie Borden killed her parents. Okay, well, do you want to go stay at this place? No, it's in Massachusetts. Did yep, you know that? I did know it's that. It's called the the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Yeah. That sounds about right. Here we go. I think she chopped him up with an axe too. Well, you're about to find out. In case you don't remember the world's most disturbing nursery rhyme, Lizzie Borden hacked up her parents with an axe back in 1892. And now you can sleep at the delightful B&B. The delightful. Infamous <laughs> crime scene where it all happened. On your visit, you'll sleep at the Borden's home, eat their last meal, which was Johnny Cakes and Eggs, and sleep in the bedroom where the body of Lizzie's stepmother was found. Yeah. Are you kidding me? What this is so disturbing. I'm baffled that you don't know who Lizzie Borden is. Never heard of Lizzie Borden. I've also never heard of Johnny Cakes. Well, I'm sure that's just the Massachusetts way of saying pancakes. (laughs) Or hat cakes. (laughs) Get your hat cakes. So this uh I didn't like reading a lot of these, but but you plowed through it. For you listeners, he did it for you. The creepiest place to visit in every state. So that's that's it for me. I was scared the pants off me while I was while I was reading those stories. That ET, our nephew, we showed him ET, or he was probably two, maybe three, when he came to spend the night with us for the first time by himself. And I had rented ET, thinking it was, and he said, "Oh no, nah, uh-uh, not gonna happen. That guy scares the pants <laughs> off me." <laughs> and he's now how old? He's now twenty three. Mm-hmm. Twenty three. All right, John, I'm excited. About your story or about something else? About my story. Okay. Because, so I have a hard time binge watching shows. You do? Well, for one. Hang on, hang on, Stop, 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 stop. Okay, for one reason. I get really sad when they're over. Yeah. Right? You don't like it at all. When they're they're all over. When it's over. But you're pretty good at binge watching. Oh, I'm a pro. But I get sad. Like, I miss my people. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's a new season of West Wing. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> There's not a new season, but they're doing a special for, um, and it's on October 15th. Okay. So, the setting's not going to, you know, it's not the real West Wing stage or anything like that. But it's all the characters are back. All of them are back. And this is the first time they've been together in 17 years. And is it one episode? Yeah. So this is, everyone's back except Leo McGarry. He passed away. A trailer just came out this morning for HBO Max's West Wing special. And it's teasing the episode remake stage adaptation for the first time. So the theatrical adaptation is called a West Wing special to benefit when we all vote. And it'll premiere on HBO Max on October 15th, which is not far. It's Thursday. It's this Thursday. 
and it's in support of the special um, upcoming election. And TNT is going to be airing West Wing marathons beginning Friday, October 9th. What are you expecting from a theatrical? They're what gonna, does that mean? So they're going to be react, uh, recreating one episode, and it's Hartsfield. Let me see. Hartsfield's Landing, which was in season three. That was the name of an episode? Yes. They're reenacting that. Yes. Um, and it's all the same actors all together. Um, but they're much older now. But I'm so excited. But they but we don't have HBO Max. I'm going to see it somehow, some way. I might have signed up for a trial episode this morning. <laughs> I mean, a trial membership. It's Dulé Hill, Allison Janney, Rob Lowe, Jim. Janelle Maloney, Richard Schiff, who I love, Toby, uh, Bradley Whitford, Josh, who's my fave, um, Martin Sheen. So Leo McGarry died. The real, I don't even know the real Larry. The bald guy. No. Was he the bald that guy? That was Toby. Oh. Leo McGarry, he's the he one, like the, he was the chief of staff. Got it. Well, Sterling K. Brown is going to play Leo McGarry. I guess they're going for a totally different look <laughs> because that sums that up. But so this whole thing is encouraging people to vote. You know, I've been saying too during this whole like lead up to the election that I just want Jed Bartlett to be president, yeah. right? So no, no other candidate is f- fitting the bill for you. No, I want Jed Bartlett. And here's the deal: like West Wing was a Democratic show. I don't care if you're Democrat. I don't care if you're Republican. The point was that the show was really, really good. It was good. It was a good, good show. Um, So during the breaks of this theatrical adaptation, they're going to have special appearances by Michelle Obama, Bill Clinton, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And so... It's just fun. But it's kind of teasing that maybe, maybe, maybe there's a chance for another season. Could it be? We'll know more on Thursday if, it, if they still have it. If, if they, they still have it. If, they're, if they've still got it. Have they aged out? Are they, they still oh, good? Well, Bradley Whitford um, was on Handmaid's Tale. Do you Which remember? One is, I don't know Bradley Whitford. Who's that? Bradley Whitford is Josh who was the deputy communications director. Okay. But then at the end of West Wing, he was doing um, the new presidents. He was the campaign manager. Yeah. So, but Bradley Whitford is like, I think one of the best character actors because he's played so many parts, but he was on Handmaid's Tale. Do you remember who he was? You know what else he was in? Hmm. Billy Madison. He was like the villain, the not nice friend huh. in Billy Madison. So he he's a he great, can do all he can do it all. He can do it all. How exciting is that? That'll be cool. I'm in. I'll watch it. I'm so excited. Okay, I do have one more news story. All right. This is for you. <laughs> I can't wait. This is just for you. It's similar to your first story, but it's not scary. Okay. Okay. So there's a website that offers a chance to live under a rock during election week. <laughs> I am going to be doing that right here. This is for you. For those who don't want to know nothing about nothing, (laughs) you just want to live under a rock, you too can. (laughs) And it, um, so hotels.com said that November 2nd through the 7th, you know, election day is November 6th. I think it's 6th. 4th or 6th. I think it's 6th. My dog growing up, her birthday was November 4th. So I get the two confused. (laughs) 
Anyway, you can stay in a man-made cave 50 feet below ground in New Mexico. I'm in. You're in. You don't have to know anything about nothing going on. You just come out and you learn who's the new president and you can move on your way. After you've cast your ballot, you can check out of the news feed negativity and check in to a man-made cave built 50 feet below ground. Does that sound good? That does sound good. This is, um, it's to try to combat political fatigue is real regardless of the year of election. Belkin, vice president of hotels.com. Yeah, I so have there you political go. fatigue right now, and I, I don't even you, pay attention to it. That's right, because you too live under a rock. So anyways, you can live under a rock <laughs> like John Gayhart's been doing for all these years. Come join me. In fact, <laughs> I don't even need to be underground. No. I've, I've learned to just live under a rock, even out in public. I love it. I love it. During political season. Yep. All right, Amy, what's the next segment? Well, isn't that special? What you got this week? Well, so I had a conversation this week, and I thought maybe this would be a good time to bring it up that maybe some of our listeners um, who may have special needs children might have dealt with. So I had a conversation with a friend of mine. We've been friends for several years, um, and she was having a hard time just with her kiddo. And um, she almost felt like she didn't want to tell me about the stuff because she's like, well, it's nothing compared to what you deal with. Hmm. You know, and I wanted to say that it, like comparison, not cool. Like, don't do it because I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm go- And people do know what we're going through because we share it. Yep. But so many people struggle. Um, and this friend's child looks completely typical. Okay. Okay. But there's a lot, a lot of struggles going on. And it just broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Because, and I've said this before, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but sometimes when your kid looks typical, it's harder. Yeah. Because it's looked at, maybe some of the behaviors are looked at as like being a brat yep. versus being having special needs, yeah, you know? And so, you know, many of the down syndrome um, citizens have a look and I mean, if you're around Mabry more than a minute, you know that she's special needs and they get a pass. Yes, for those exactly. Behaviors. And the parents get a pass. Yeah. You know, we get a pass a lot of times, Yeah, but it's, it's those that are, um, you know, don't have the look and it isn't automatically obvious that um, there's something more going on, that those parents must have to suffer in silence a lot. And that hurt my heart this week that I didn't even know that this stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I just, I would just love for, especially special needs parents, not to compare you know, your life with others' lives because it all it does is it discounts what you're going through mm-hmm. and that's not necessary. You don't need to do that. Like you've said this before that no matter what you're going through, it's a 10 in your house. Mm-hmm. Like on a scale from one to 10, in your house, it's a 10. You know, in our house, Mabry's a 10. Yeah, and where that came from because it it really, it adds to that hurt 
when they don't want to talk to you about it because they think that what they're doing doesn't measure or what they're dealing with doesn't measure up to what right. you're dealing with. Right. And, and that's where that statement first came to my head is I was talking to a guy who has a son. That and it has, was a similar conversation. Yeah. And, and uh, he has a autistic son, but his son is in a lot of mainstream, you know, fairly high functioning and, and I think once he learned about Mabry, he said, you know, well, I, you know, I really, he said something along the lines of, well, I really shouldn't complain because he's probably like a three, mm-hmm. you know, on a scale of one to 10, he's probably like a three. And I just looked at him and I said, no, you, you need to talk about it uh-huh. because to you, he's a 10. Yeah. He might be a three compared to other kids, but right. when it comes to what you dream, your dreams for him, yeah. your expectations, your hopes, your desires, he's a 10, yeah. not a three. And so don't feel bad about, uh, about going through those struggles. Right. We need to be able to talk about that. Well, and something else too, is that I had a listener reach out to me, I guess on Instagram, sent me a message and was just like, how do you and John do it? You know, like, y'all are on the same page and da-da-da. First of all, you see what we want you to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're pretty open and pretty real, but you don't see our day-to-day struggles. Mm -hmm. And also, um, so I responded to this person and I said, well, how old is your child? And she said, almost two. And um, I said, okay. So, hey, we've been doing this a lot longer Um, still you don't need to, um, compare, but when Mary was two, we were probably right where those people are, you know, and that we're further down the line and there's people, you know, there's people ahead of us that we look at like and say, ah, you know, hopefully in 15 more years, that's where we can be, you know? And so that's, I think that's kind of a healthy, um, comparison, but but when it starts to negatively describe your marriage or your partnership or anything like that, like that's not a healthy place. Right. Anyway, it's just that just really hit home that when we compare ourselves to other families without knowing everything that they're going through, I think it just leads to disappointment. Yeah. You know, and we'll even have friends that don't have children with special needs even feel guilty about telling us about a hard day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be in conversation and they'll find themselves talking about how hard their day was. And pretty often they'll stop and say, you know what? I'm not even dealing with anything like what you guys are. For. Yeah. And, and that, that's not, that's not what it's about. No, it's we're, not. As friends. And as if we're in a relationship, we need to be able to hear about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just like anybody else. Everybody's days are hard. Absolutely. And we need each other to to help each other get through it. It's so true. it's not a it's not a matter of whose days are harder. Yeah. Or, you know, should we be able to voice our challenges or frustrations? Yeah. And you know, I, I did this once and to my good friend who has twins um with autism. And I just look you know, she is a superwoman to me. Um and I, I just said, I don't know how you do it. And she was the one that kind of said, you know, I just have to deal with autism. Like you have to, you know, you know, handle autism and two typical children. So you've got to balance that. That's hard. You know, so it kind of was nice hearing that 
yeah, we're all different. We all have different stuff going on. And so comparing yourself without really knowing all of the difficulties, that's tough to do. Yep. So my story for this week is actually along the along similar lines. I don't, there's not a lot of circumstances that I find myself where I actually feel like pity mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I've gotten, I've trained myself to just muscle through almost as a default, even when it's not healthy all the time. And we talked about on the podcast last week, how we were preparing for Slater's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Well, after that podcast, we had Slater's birthday party. During the birthday party, I was trying to be as involved as I could. You know, it was a group of 11-year-old kids playing Pokemon. So I had trouble really <laughs> relating and getting excited about it. But I tried. And I I need as much of that involvement with Slater as I can get. Yeah. And, and to be a part of that. Because we just don't have all the opportunities. And about midway through the party, Mabry escapes. Yeah. And it was, she got out of the side gate that I left unlocked. So it was totally my fault. I had to go chasing after her. And this one took a long time to get her back in. I feel like it was 30 to 45 minutes that I was outside with her. I think it it was. By the time I got her back in, maybe with your help, maybe with somebody else's help, I don't even remember. But by the time I got her back, I had missed cake. Yeah. I had missed singing happy birthday. Yeah. I had missed opening presents and I was bummed because I needed that time with Slater and and I, I needed it. I don't even think he knows that I wasn't in there. Right. He would, you know, he's at that age to where cake and presents, he doesn't even care who's at his party. He just wants there to be cake and presents. And so it was, it was one of those, man, why, you know, this is, this is not cool. Yeah. It was a, a bit of a, a pity moment for myself as I'm sitting outside, just her and I, trying to get her back in because I know that that stuff is going to happen at some point and just being frustrated with her, frustrated with the situation at the end of it all, realizing that I missed everything, bummed about that. I was also bummed that probably Slater didn't even know that I missed it. You know, that's kind of a good and a bad thing. Like he didn't really care. I wish he had cared, but it was a good thing that he didn't care, you know, so that, so there was some emotions going on there that I, I try to, that I just don't, I've trained myself to not go through a lot. Um, and it, and it was one of those, one of those times last week at his birthday party. So I missed the key part of Slater's birthday party. And I hate that, that that happened. And I was frustrated with Mabry that that happened, but the good news is it didn't affect Slater on his birthday. Right. Maybe we hear about it later. I'm sure we will. <laughs> I'm sure we will. And it's hard because, and especially um, in that situation, like I was calling you saying, hey, do you want to switch? That type of thing. But in reality, like you probably don't have all the tools to make an 11-year-old birthday party run so in that situation i needed to be inside and slater slater knows whether you're a part of it right he doesn't really know if i'm a part of it maybe or he doesn't express it it's in that situation because he knows i take care of the parties right you know that's just what we do yeah you're gonna facilitate the cake you're gonna make sure all the presents happen you're gonna make sure everybody's happy and gets their goodie bags yeah you're gonna you're gonna do all that and so yeah that was hard and it was difficult and another to add on to that story, 
I had, so when Mabry was out, um, she was wanting to get into a friend's Jeep who, one of the moms had driven a Jeep. I had a conversation actually with that mom yesterday and she was like, I felt so terrible um, because, you know, you did an Instagram story Mm -hmm. during all of that. And she goes, I just felt awful and I just, I I shouldn't have driven the Jeep there. And I was like, so-and-so. Yeah. I'm not going to say her name, but I'm like, so-and-so. It could have been a white Mitsubishi, you know, that Mabry wanted to get in at the time. Yeah. But it was, it's not your fault. And he, she goes, I just felt terrible because I know it's difficult. And I, and um, this mom gets it. Yep. You know, she's, she um, gets Mabry. She gets the special needs world, like totally gets it. And she goes, I'm one that shouldn't be adding, you know, chaos to a birthday party that's already going to be hard for you. And she goes, I just felt terrible. And I was like, I am really sorry if we made you feel that way. Um, so it, it, so many emotions go into an 11-year-old birthday party. Yeah. You know, the reality is we can't predict what Mabry's going to want at yep. the time. We can try our hardest, but it, it who knows? It could be a certain sticker. It could be, who knows what it is. Well, I did an Instagram story while all that was going on. And I got a lot of messages and a lot of responses through those stories. I feel horrible that she, or I don't, I mean, I hate that she feels horrible. That didn't even cross my mind that that was going on because like you just said, it happened to be a yellow Jeep, right? which is right at Mabry's Alley. Yeah. But if that yellow Jeep wasn't there, she would have been obsessing about the gray minivan right next to it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, if that, if that yellow Jeep wasn't there, some friends came over the other day and mm-hmm. I had to tell them where to park so that Mabry couldn't see the vehicle. Right. Cause she's just going to obsess over anybody's, any guest. She's going to obsess over their vehicle in the driveway. Now, this one happened to be a yellow Jeep. <laughs> so she obsessed even more. This time. Well, and what my friend was saying was, I just felt horrible. Because Mabry, she ended up taking Mabry for a ride, which was so kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I loved it. I loved taking her. She was so happy. And then we pull in, and it was, like, worse than it was before we left. And John had to physically remove her from the car. And she said, I just felt awful. And I said, here's the deal. And I was like, we've talked a lot about, you know, Mabry wanting to see Santa Claus and Mabry wanting to go to a pumpkin patch and Mabry wanting to ride on a boat. You know, these are things that, yeah, she wants. And so people will just say, just buy her a boat, mm-hmm. you know, or just buy her a horse and keep it in the backyard. Nothing's ever long enough for Mabry. So she could ride in a boat for six hours but we're going to have to physically remove her when the six hours is over. And so, and that's what I was telling this person. I was like, look, thank you for taking her on a ride. And I, it's funny because I said the, the 10 minutes that she spent with you happy was totally worth it. You know? And that's what I told her. I was like, Hey, see what I did there? Totally (laughs) worth it. But that's what we do. Like the fun things that maybe get to do are worth it to make her happy for the chaos that's going to ensue when we're done doing that thing. Yeah. And so it's a hard balance. It's a really, really hard balance. Um, and so, no, we don't give her everything she wants. And sometimes we can't do it because we're just physically not feeling it, yeah. you know. But it was a hard day. It was a good day, but it was hard. 
And that's just, that kind of sums it up. And the moral of the moral of the story is it's all because I left the gate unlocked. And that sounds simple, but that's real. That is real. But again, you can't beat yourself up. No, and, I'm, and I wasn't, but we've, we've house proofed. We've yeah. Mabry proofed this house. Yeah. And we have fixed our issues mm-hmm. until we do something like leave one of the gates unlocked. Yeah. And then you just deal with the consequences. Yeah. So it's not that we live on house arrest. Right. We have we have in the past. Yeah. We've figured out how to how to not do that anymore. So it was definitely a special day. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So Amy, what you digging this week? So I am digging Stitch Fix. The box that you get once a month. No, I actually get it every other month. Every other because month. Because once a month is too much for me. But I hate shopping. You know this. I don't like to close shop. I don't like to shoe shop. And so they send me clothes every other month. You put in your size. You put in your style. You do all this. Anyways, it's been kind of fun. And I don't keep everything. So it's $20 fee, um, a styling fee. But then if you buy something, the $20 comes off of that. Okay. Um, And then, you I mean, you could return the whole box if you wanted to. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't love it. You're still going to pay your $20 fee. But anyways, it's just super fun. It gets stuff that I probably wouldn't pick out. And so I like that. Do you ever return anything? I do. You do? I do. So how many items come you in a box? You get five or six. So on average, how many do you keep? Two or three. You send that many back. So uh-huh. you send half the box back, uh-huh. usually. I do. And if you send half, half the box back, you don't get your $20 back? Do you have to buy the whole box? No. No, 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 no. So, like, if I... I like, I bought these jeans. Look here. Yeah. Hey, I bought these jeans. So these are were $70. Okay. You... The $20 styling fee came off, so they were 50 Okay. There you go. There you go. So every other, every other month... Yeah. And you it's get a just, box of five or six things and you keep two or three. Yeah. Cool. And that that just kind of helps like build your wardrobe a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's just kind of fun because I hate shopping. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, you don't like it. Mm-mm. You, on the other hand. I can do some shopping. All right. Today we interviewed Daniel Stein, who founded Special Strong, which is fitness. Uh, it's fitness training and fitness classes for children and adults with special needs and disabilities. And when I met him and heard the story a year or two ago, I just got fascinated by how he got into it and then how these fitness sessions actually work with his clients. And so I got to know Daniel a little bit, Amy, you know Daniel a little Mm -hmm. bit, and just learning about um, how it built and why and the story behind it, and then where he hopes that this business goes. I just, I found it really, really cool. I think you will love to learn more about Special Strong and the options out there for our children and adults to stay in shape, because that's one of the that's one of the issues that we all have is, yeah, is helping them eat healthy and stay active and just live healthy lifestyles. So Daniel's doing a great job with that. He's built it into a really cool company um, with a good heart and a good mission. And so I'm glad that you all get to learn about it and, uh, and maybe you can tell others about it as well. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Daniel Stein. So when I was four, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. And the first thing they did was they put, put me on medications. They wanted me to see counselors. 
and the standard practice for a learning disability. And so I had a very hard time in school, very hard time learning. I got made fun of all the time. I got bullied because I was very different. I, I didn't really fit into the, the normal kids in the normal kids group. And so my parents decided to get me in, enrolled in sports. And uh, once I started playing sports, they noticed a huge improvement in my behavior and my moods and my ability to focus in school. And it was just a, kind of a game changer for me. So um, I continued playing sports when I was really young. And then when I got into middle school, you know, they bought me a workout bench for the garage. And not only did they do that, but they also got me a gym membership to the YMCA. So anyways, I continued working out and exercising and it just, it really just transformed my life. And so naturally because of what it did for me, I really fell in love with fitness. And so in high school, I really started to learn more about it. I started to study fitness on the side. And when I got out of high school, uh, a mentor of mine um, suggested that I become a personal trainer. And he also suggested that I do it for people who had disabilities like I did. And so um, that's, the, that's the path that I chose in 2011. And as the years went on, um, not only was I diagnosed with that learning disability, but um, I was then diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And that really started to impact my training in the gym because of the inflammation of my spine and my hips. This is something that I inherited from my dad. And um, it runs in his family and his, his extended family. And so not only, then years later, I got diagnosed with a mood disorder. So I've got all these different types of struggles, these different mental and physical struggles. And ultimately, that's why I started Special Strong in 2016 is because I learned how to adapt fitness for my body. And I have all three Ds. I've got a disability, I've got a disorder, and then lastly, you know, I've got a disease, an autoimmune disease. And so I've learned to adapt fitness for myself to live a better quality life. And I, I didn't want to just rely on medications for the rest of my life, although that is sometimes necessary. Uh, I didn't want that to be my only solution. You know, um, it really is. It really is a big puzzle. And I, I found that for me, you know, fitness was a big piece of that puzzle to allowing me to really live an abundant life. And so, yeah, we, it's, as of today, we've served over about 1500 clients uh, ranging from MS to traumatic brain injuries, stroke survivors, autism, uh, cerebral palsy, spina bifida. We work with a lot of different conditions um, all across the board because we don't necessarily specialize in just one condition. We have a very specialized universal training program that really is safe across the board for just about anybody that has a mental or physical challenge. Our vision is we want to have 50 units you know, in the next couple of years, so 50 franchisees. And then eventually we want to award those franchisees who have been successful in their area with our level two concept, which is an actual brick and mortar gym. And so we have a nice prototype and that's something that we want to build in the future, which will be our next scalable concept. And it'll be an adapted gym, something that you've never seen before something that's very accessible for our listeners right now your only client base is in north texas is that correct yeah more north dallas more than okay. north dallas area exactly um so right now there's a mom listening that was thinking gosh this sounds exactly what my son or daughter needs um you know they've gotten really comfortable during covid just sitting on the couch watching their ipad what should they do who do they contact um, and when they contact you, like what kind of programs are we looking at? What is, how is their child going to benefit? 
you know, that mom that's at home with their kids or on the iPad, you know, one of the things that we offer is a free seven day pass. And we want, we want people to experience our services for themselves because a lot of times there's some apprehension from the kids to exercise. You know, you, you go tell your kid, Hey, what do you think about going to the gym and working out? But they're not going to get excited about that. If they do get excited, that's very strange. It's very strange. I'd say like one in, in 50, like just start jumping up and down. Oh, well, I can't, I've been wanting to go to the gym, mom. Thank you so much. No, they don't say that. Not at all. So you kind of have to get that. You have to find a way to make it sound fun. And once they get into the gym, either that's the, the actual gym or that's a group class, you know, that's when they really get to experience the life that our services provide. And so um, what we do is we, we pair them up with a trainer in their area. And so um, they go through a free session with that trainer. And if they like it, they can decide to do uh, the different, different training packages that we have. We do in-home training. We do on-site training. And then aside from that, they may want to do group classes. And so they get to try out a free group class. And they make some people pick a combination of both. So they'll do group classes um, and private training all in the same month. It just depends on the, on the person. But go to the website, specialstrong.com, fill out a form, go learn more about our services, read the testimonials, and then uh, we'll, be, we'll be able to get in touch with them. So did I hear you right that some clients have caregivers with them in the event that a behavior happens and your trainer needs assistance in restraining them or getting the client under control. There are caregivers that come and they're part of that. Yeah. So our, the ideal situation is the caregiver is hanging out in the lobby. They're hanging out in the car and we're with the client by themselves. Our, our part of our mission is to promote independence, which means they don't need their parents to go do a workout. That's what we're trying to achieve for everybody. Now, if there are times when a client comes in for the first time and we already know that they have aggressive tendencies, then we may pair them up immediately with that caregiver from the very beginning. So that caregiver is literally going to follow us around the entire workout to make sure that everything's okay. And over time, we may fade that parent away slowly over time. We may, we may get to the point where we no longer need that parent or caregiver in the session. Um, every there's no cookie cutter answer here but we do have very, very good systems that have worked very, very well for us as far as protecting the client and then also protecting our team. So Daniel, you mentioned on your website that you have some testimonials. Um, can you just give us and the listeners some of the common benefits that you see in your clients after they're part of the program for a little while, and maybe even a couple of real case studies of what you've changes that you've seen in, in some clients' lives? Yeah, well, you know, a part of our mission includes, you know, helping our clients get strong and confident and also independent. And so, you know, if there's anything that I would say our services do, it's just that, you know, uh, our services allow our clients to be more independent. You know, for, for people like Brandon, you know, who at the age of 10, you know, they were, they were put in a wheelchair, had surgery, couldn't walk for over eight years. So at the age of 18, he started seeing us. And through our training, he was able to walk independently for the first time in eight years. And this is this video is on our homepage of our website. And that's an example of independence. And you can imagine the confidence that has come with being able to walk. And so in Brandon's case, you know, he claims that he has 80 girlfriends now. That's, that's his way of showing that he's confident. Those are, those are his words, not mine. You can ask him and he'll tell you he's got 80 girlfriends. And, um, and that's Brandon being confident because he can walk again. 
And for him, that maybe that means that he can go on a date someday. Uh, whereas before maybe he felt like, you know, he, he was getting made fun of, he was being looked at differently. He has shared that with me many times where he feels like people look at them, look at him differently for being in a chair. So he, he didn't have confidence and you can have confidence being in a chair, but that's just where Brandon was. And that's just one example. You know, I've got uh, many other examples where clients have lost weight. You know, I think the record right now is about 70 pounds of the client of, of ours that had has autism. And he lost about 70 pounds and put on a significant amount of lean muscle. So we gained a lot of strength. And again, we've, we've so many, so many incredible um, stories. You know, some of my favorite stories are not so much the physical, but just the emotional and spiritual component, because we've seen lives really, really, really get transformed when they start to believe in themselves. And it, it, it translates everywhere that they go. It translates in the home, in the school. You know, they're able to contribute more to society. Many of our clients, as a result of that, have gotten their first jobs for the first time in their life. So they've never been able to work, lack the confidence, lack the self-esteem, in some ways, maybe lack the skills. And then they learn a lot of these functional skills working in the gym. And they've, we're in a, in a sense, we're kind of their boss, right? I mean, we, we're their coaches, but we're also their boss too, Some in some ways. So learning how to comply with somebody that's giving you orders and telling you what to do is great practice for the workplace. Cause guess what? You're going to have the same thing when you go work at Kroger or work at Home Depot or work at, work at Chick-fil-A. You're going to have very strict things that you have to do. And if you don't do them, there are consequences. And so for us, the consequences may be 10 more pushups, right? But it's a little different when you work somewhere, right? So, um, so yeah, those are just a few that come to my mind again, you know, having served our, as a company over 1500 clients, there's, there's a lot of just amazing, uh, I would call them miraculous, uh, stories that have taken place, um, in the mind, the body and the spirits. Make sure you check out the full interview with Daniel Stein on our YouTube channel. Totally worth it with John and Amy. Make sure also you subscribe to that YouTube channel so you will get updates when we have a new interview. And also make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you go subscribe, leave a review so that others can find our podcast. Have a great day. See ya.